0: Edition of Paul's Points. I'm your host, Paul Fritzner. As always, thank you for listening. And if you haven't done so yet, make sure to mention if you could subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. And if the platform that you're listening on lets you leave a rating and a review, please do so. I'd love to hear from you to know what you like listening to, what you want to hear more of, and things like that. Just like to get the feedback. While I'm recording this on the afternoon of Tuesday, September 8th, on a beautiful day here in Cincinnati. Hope you all enjoyed your Labor Day weekend. I don't have a guest on today's episode. I'm going to fly solo here because I wanted to talk about how broadcasting has been affected by coronavirus, what the broadcasting industry looks like right now, what some people my age have been dealing with and Maybe what the professional industry is looking like too, and how everything is evolving as the coronavirus has gone on and on now. About six months into this, and we're starting to really see some of the effects in the industry pan out, and we'll see a lot of changes happening. And I want to go over that and how some of the broadcasters that I've listened to have handled the virus, what they've done in their free time, and what I did in my free time to try and stay sharp. What I'm able to do now is sports are starting to gradually return, and we get some more experience behind the microphone, get some reps finally with some live game action. Speaking of live game action, I mentioned last week or the week before that over the last month and a half, I've been helping out with the used to be Florence Freedom, now the Florence Yalls. It's an independent baseball team in Florence, Kentucky. I've been helping out on the broadcast with them, and that's been a ton of fun. I've really enjoyed my time with them. They've been doing what's called the Battle of the Bourbon Trail. The Florence uh, organization and the Lexington Legends both created two teams each, so there are four teams in this little mini league, and each team was able to basically generate a home game about five or six days a week, depending on the schedule. Florence plays five home games or five scheduled days a week. They play six home games, play a doubleheader on Wednesday, then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it's been a lot of fun. Been some great experiences. Great to get back behind the microphone. And I'll dive more into that as this episode goes on. But this week upcoming is the last week of the Battle of the Bourbon Trail. There will be a little mini playoff series the following weekend of the 18th and 19th and potentially the 20th in a two out of three series. But also of note this week, high school football gets going. I'll be back on the microphone for high school football on Friday night. College football is underway now. I know the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and a couple other conferences aren't playing, but some of the major college football conferences are getting underway. BYU and Navy played last night. It's been good to see some football on the screen. Major League Baseball season is chugging along still. Haven't been a lot of coronavirus outbreaks recently on knock on wood there. Hopefully things stay safe there. And NBA, the playoffs still going on, NHL. NBA season, or excuse me, the NFL season is right around the corner. For right now, still, sports are looking okay, so hopefully they continue to uh, progress here as the weeks go on. But I'm going to kick this one to the other side of this break, and when we come back, I'll talk more about the coronavirus, where I see this industry right now, how it's affected me personally, and um, the rest of some of the broadcasters that I've like I said, read about, listened to in podcasts and and things like that as coronavirus has gone on. So we'll see you right after this. So let's rewind back to the beginning of March when we knew less about the coronavirus than we know now back when sports were going on. I was calling a high school regional final basketball game at Northern Kentucky University. That's where they were playing the game. And it was the night before the NBA season was suspended, I believe. I think the game was on Tuesday. And then I know the NBA season was suspended Wednesday night. So I walked into BB&T Arena. I remember there was this weird, just eerie feeling around the crowd and the administrators working and As I was talking to everybody, we all kind of came to this sense that if the game was being played the next night even, it might not be played. Everything was developing so rapidly in the sports world that everybody wanted to hold out hope at every level that everything was going to be okay and sports were going to still be played and we weren't going to have to postpone anything. Maybe we'd have to play with no fans, but that sports would be able to continue to exist. The team I was broadcasting for won that night, preparing to go to the state finals or to the state tournament, I should say, the next week. But about 24 hours after the game was over, that was it. The NBA season was suspended. On Wednesday night, it was, let's say, about 9.30. I was watching Xavier lose to DePaul. The game had just started. I was watching the Xavier and DePaul first round game of the Big East tournament Biggies tried to play with no fans the next afternoon, St. John's and Creighton on Thursday afternoon, but that game was paused at halftime. And from there, the sports world shut down and everyone was sequestered away in quarantine and nobody knew what to think. This pandemic was so new. We didn't know a whole lot about the virus. We still don't know a whole lot about it, but we knew even less back then. And everybody had this feeling of, okay, maybe we'll have to do this for a few weeks, but hopefully we can get out of this maybe by the 1st of May. At that point, like I said, it was like March 15th, 16th, that area when everything was really shutting down. And then I got the call about five days before I was supposed to move to Maryland. I was slated this year to be the number two broadcaster for the AA team for the Baltimore Orioles. They're the Bowie Bay Sox, I was supposed to be the Bay Sox number two broadcaster, and I got a phone call about five days before I was going to move that I wasn't going to move, that they were postponing my start date because the minor league season had been postponed. And originally, little did we know then, it's kind of funny thinking back on it, my start date was postponed till the first week of April. So we were just giving it a couple extra weeks to give us a buffer zone and be able to Say, hey, let's reevaluate things then and maybe we can start. But as we got into April, we realized we might have to push it to May. And then as we got toward the middle of April, end of April, even then, I started to read the tea leaves and say, I don't know if there's going to be a minor league season, which was scary. And it was frustrating because it was going to be my first season in affiliated baseball. But more so than anything, it was just scary because I didn't know what the industry was going to look like. And that's what I really want to talk about today. We went into quarantine, the whole country did, everything shut down. And then everybody was faced with this reality of, okay, what are you going to do with your time? I started to read different things that broadcasters were doing. I was consuming podcasts. I was watching YouTube videos of what broadcasters were trying to do and I was trying to learn as much as I could. I wanted to stay sharp. And I mentioned in the open of this podcast that I was uh, that I'm working for the Florence uh, baseball team right now and the pitching coordinator for Florence was I was talking the other day and he was saying how in his time off everything he did was to try and get any little kind of anecdote that he could use when baseball resumed and that he could help his pitching staff. Well, that that was really what I wanted to do during quarantine, and I think it's probably what a lot of people wanted to do that were unemployed. They wanted to go in and better themselves, and no better time than quarantine. You, Nobody would have that much free time probably for the rest of their life where you have months of nothing where you can do whatever you want. You can start a podcast. I mean, you look at me. I'm starting a podcast here, and I, I've delved into the podcast world before, but this solo one, Paul's Points, is started after a result of the YouTube videos that I had put out uh, from interviews that I had done earlier on in quarantine. But I felt like every time I turned around, whether it was LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, whatever it was, I was seeing episode one of my new podcast, debuting now or coming next week. And it was great seeing everybody try to be active and try to take advantage of the time that they had and get themselves to a position where when you come out of quarantine, you'd be okay. And then as things went on, I started to realize, okay, maybe I can get some interviews because I'm not doing anything, and maybe other people aren't doing anything either. So I reached out to some people in the sports world, to some people in the uh, uh, some other worlds that I, I knew, and those are the interviews that you've heard over the last uh, five, six episodes here on Paul's Points that you can also watch on my YouTube channel. Just search Paul Fritschner. But I wanted to do those interviews. I wanted to sharpen my interview skills. I interviewed a bunch of Uh, Former Xavier basketball players that got posted to the uh, Xavier University or Xavier Athletics YouTube channel. Anything I could do to stay sharp and practice my interview skills, because for as much time as I spend on the air doing play by play broadcasting, interviewing is something I've always really wanted to sharpen up because it's important to be able to be diverse and to be able to do those kinds of things and not just be pinned to play-by-play broadcasting, you have to know how to ask the right questions, how to not just say, hey, talk to me about this game, not ask lazy questions. You want to be able to really pride, uh, take some pride in what you're asking. And then things started to really slow down. And everybody was getting this feeling like, when is minor league baseball going to start? When are sports going to come back? People started to get restless. I really didn't think minor league baseball was going to be played. The first time that I realized that minor league baseball was probably going to not have a season was maybe around the first of May, the middle of May when major league baseball was seriously talking about how they were restarting their season. And it never included minor league baseball. The, inclusion for minor league players was the extended camp, the 60-man roster where the other guys that weren't on the current major league roster would be at an alternate training site. And that's when I realized, okay, if that's what major league baseball is doing, there's not going to be a minor league season. So it's best to buckle down, do what you can, keep yourself sharp, but make the most of this opportunity. So what I did outside of spending my time working on my craft I also wanted to diversify some of the interests that I had as far as just watching Netflix. I'm not a huge Netflix guy. I I don't binge a lot of shows. I don't really watch a lot of movies either. And there's so many movies that I just haven't seen. So many popular movies I've just never gotten around to. And I thought, you know what? This is as good of a chance as any. There's no sports on. I get so distracted at night. Always reading about sports. It, it's just, it consumes my life to the point where I don't think to turn on a movie as I'm going to sleep or turn on a show or, or thing. I do watch shows, but not a ton. I'm not always binging Netflix or Hulu. And I thought, okay, let's knock out some movies here that I haven't seen before. And the original idea was just to do that. And I wanted to watch Forrest Gump. That was it. I I thought, okay, at some point here, I got to watch Forrest Gump because I've never seen Forrest Gump. And then I thought, okay, from Forrest Gump, let's watch some other movies I haven't seen. Funny thing was, I never got around to Forrest Gump, so I still haven't seen it. September 8th today, I've still never seen it, and I got to get around to it. But I did manage to sneak in The Dark Knight, um, Batman Begins. I watched both of those. Didn't get to The Dark Knight Rises. And there's 41 movies in total. Most of them I saw for the first time. Rounders was probably my favorite movie of those 41. It was a Matt Damon poker movie, if you haven't seen it. Just phenomenal film. Highly recommend it, if you haven't seen it. I stopped the movie list, the movie thread on Twitter. I threaded them all together. If you want to go back to my old tweets, back to about the middle of June, I think, was when I stopped. I watched 41 movies, then I stopped, and then I thought, okay, now what? It's been a couple of months. Things are starting to open back up, but what can we do now? Because at my level, sports aren't happening yet. Baseball was still in the midst of their tense negotiations to get the Major League season underway. The NFL, obviously their season, not even close to starting, but the NBA and NHL were starting to put together a plan in place to get going. And that's when I started looking at the broadcasting industry as a whole, but also on a micro level, how it affected broadcasters my age. I'm 23. And I thought, okay, broadcasters at the top, Major League Baseball, Fox NFL, uh, college basketball, NBA, NHL, those broadcasters have all made it. They've put in their time in either the minor leagues or grinded their way to the top from whatever news station or wherever it is that they've been they've paid their dues to get to the top of the industry but what are the opportunities going to look like for broadcasters that are just out of college or just breaking in major league baseball proposed a plan to contract minor league baseball down to 120 teams and that might not seem like a big deal but That eliminates a ton of broadcasting opportunities. And then I started to think again, okay, now from an economic standpoint, what about colleges or minor league teams that maybe don't value broadcasters? What if colleges say, okay, the easiest way to cut into the budget in this perspective is let's just cut out whatever the broadcaster's making and we can just do a live stream. Or in minor league baseball, hey, we only need one broadcaster and we won't pay the second broadcaster or uh, maybe we don't even need a number one broadcaster at all. And everything that I just mentioned is taking away chances for people my age to make it to the top. And I'm not saying all this to knock the broadcasting industry at all. But what I'm saying is that we have to now think of ways be creative and network and make the most of our opportunities because those opportunities that we have might be dwindling. And we don't know yet the scope of how broadcasting is going to be affected by coronavirus in Major League Baseball. A lot of the broadcasts, uh, the, the visiting broadcasts, aren't traveling. Not a lot, all. None of the visiting broadcasts are, are traveling this year. All of the visiting broadcasts are being done remote. Um, at the college football level, the a lot of the broadcasts are, I can't say all because I don't know if all of them are being done like this, but a lot of them are being done remotely in a studio from ESPN or, or wherever the studio is that the networks are doing them from. And that changes the business. Not being able to go to... The field before a game, if you're the Cincinnati Reds broadcaster and you're going to batting practice before the game when you're playing a game in Los Angeles and you're asking uh, Trevor Bauer why he didn't get as good of a spin rate on his curveball the night before, you may not get that same answer that you would if he's just sitting in a Zoom press conference And I don't know if that's the direction that Major League Baseball is going to go for the future. But, again, it's a cost-cutting thing. Maybe they do go that way. Even just a few minutes ago, before I recorded, I saw that the Orlando Magic is completely eliminating their radio crew. I should say, I don't know if that's COVID-related. I only saw the tweet that had the breaking news in it that said that they were eliminating it and going to a simulcast with their TV crew. I don't want to knock the magic if that's just a decision that they're making and it's not a coronavirus decision, but it seems right up the alley of what teams have done and what teams might do in the future to cut costs. I'm not really here on this podcast to give answers because I'm young. I don't have the answers. We're all going through this together. And those of us, even if you're not in the broadcasting industry, um, if you're looking for a job or if you're looking for something to advance your career, everybody's trying to do what they can to figure out on the other side of this in a year, two years, what is it going to look like in the business that I'm working in? But For me, in broadcasting, I have to realize, okay, and now next year when I go to Bowie, it's just an even heightened importance for me to make the most of my chance there and to network and to talk to the right people. And that was something that Tom DeCorti, who was the ESPN producer that I had in last week's podcast episode, that was something he said to me back when I was interviewing him was, the people that you talk to during quarantine are going to remember that you talk to them. They're going to say, hey, I remember talking to this guy during quarantine, and I remember that that person was trying to make the most of their time and trying to reach out and trying to further their career. And what I'll say is the layoff hit me as from a play-by-play perspective a lot harder than I thought it was going to. I sat down in the chair to do my first baseball game, and I was laughing in between innings with my broadcast partner, Aaron Brody, how the game was moving fast at that point, and I needed to really get my legs under me and buckle down, and it took me a second to really get the feel for things again. Not too long. Baseball have done it for a number of years now, but still, even after a five, six month layoff, I had to say, okay, let's, let's lock things in here. And that's something that I'm fortunate enough to be able to have done this summer. I don't take for granted the fact that I've done about 30 baseball games over the last month or so, and that I'll have high school football here and starting this week. It's something that is really important and to be able to continue the craft is a big deal. And I don't know if I have any answers. Like I said, I I don't think I wanted to do this to answer anything. I think what I wanted to accomplish here in this podcast was to talk about some of the things that, as a broadcasting industry, we're facing right now. And we're lucky enough to be doing something where we talk about sports and hopefully get paid to do it. So to wrap this up, what I really wanted to say here, and, and the main point of all this, is that even though opportunities may be dwindling, there will still be chances. There will still be a job out there that you can get that will push you to the top. And as long as you talk to the right people, as long as you're putting yourself in a good position and taking advantage of whatever job you get, you'll still be able to be successful. I don't see any reason right now to panic. I think it's okay to be worried. There are reasons in the broadcasting business to be concerned right now, but there's no real reason for me. And I'm a glass half full eternal optimist, maybe even to the point of being naive, Uh, but I don't see any reason right now to completely panic. And maybe you're listening to this and saying, of course there's no reason to panic. We'll be fine. Play-by-play play by broadcasters will always be needed. Hopefully, that's what you're thinking. Hopefully, you're thinking that everything I'm saying is common knowledge. But if you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, there aren't going to be a lot of chances, and and what am I going to do if I don't get a job here? You, you just have to network. You just have to talk to the right people because – if you make friends with the right people, if the people at the top like you, there will be spots to be filled, and the economy of broadcasting may hurt for a while, but as long as you put yourself in a good spot, things good things will happen to you, and it, that, that sounds so obvious, but sometimes it's just that little push over the edge that somebody needs to be able to continue in this, and I just would hate for anybody that's in this business to give it up because they feel like you know, they can't get the job that will get them to the next job that will get them to the next job. Those chances are there. You just got to go out and find them and put yourself in the right spot to be able to get them. But you know, going back to what I was saying about my Major League Baseball, it's going to be different. Maybe you won't travel to do away games. And some people may like that. Some people may say, hey, if I'm the Reds broadcaster and I'm calling a baseball game from Cincinnati and I'm doing the entire 162 game season, if that's the way that major league baseball decides to go or as far as the broadcasting goes, if I'm doing every game from the home stadium, then you get more time with your family. There are positives in that you may not have as good of a, a binder of information or your notes may not be as detailed, but on the other side, you spend more time with your family You'd be home all the time. There are things. There are positives. I I always look for the positives. There are positives to these situations, and you just got to go out there and make the most of it. Hopefully something in here today helped. I wanted to try and do this and, and convey what I've been thinking over the last few months and the way the broadcasting industry has gone. What I did to try and take some time during quarantine to better myself and better my interviewing. I felt like I got a lot better uh, as far as interviewing goes. And again, you can watch that on my YouTube channel. Or you can just go back and listen to the old podcasts here. Or it's the same audio. I have a bunch of podcasts lined up for the next few weeks. So I hope you all stick around and will listen to those. But again, thanks for listening today, everybody. For those of you that are listening that are broadcasters, I stick with it. Keep your head up. I know I've tried to do my best to do that. It's been Negative at times, It's it's been hard to do that when you look and you say, I just hope that as somebody coming out of college, um, going into your mid-20s, and you hope that there are the chances there to realize that dream, whether you want to be a major league broadcaster um, in baseball or football at a network level or be the voice of an NBA team, NHL team, whatever it is, the chances will be there. You just got to go out there and find them, set yourself up, talk to the right people. Thank you all for listening so much, and I hope to see you next time on Paul's Points.